0: I'm Jack, your host, and this is the Right in the Feels podcast. Whether you're a guy trying to figure out your feels in this crazy, crazy world, or you're a woman trying to solve the puzzle of why men think the way they do, well, this show is for you. hello this is right in the feels podcast i am jack and today i have somebody who's super special i'm borrowing her from christine her bestie it is regina fang regina what is up
1: i'm back
0: I know. oh my god
1: my voice is so scratchy (laughs) (laughs) you're
0: you're known for your voice so i'm getting a lesser version today
1: I know. Today I'm having. I was telling Jack about my disastrous weekend, uh, bleeding into today, which is a Monday. (laughs) And um, yeah, my voice is just a little scratch. I mean, it's pouring rain, which is completely unheard of for LA. So it's okay if we're all having a bit of an
0: off day. I think think the last time you recorded. With Christine, which perfectly imperfect is coming back. Very excited about Yee,
2: that. Yes, it yes, yes. It also rained,
0: so it's very it, odd that the time you record, it rains, which it never does in California.
1: I know it's very, it's very strange. Maybe that's like the 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 weather people gods <laughs> <laughs> telling me that. Uh, i'm i'm heading in the right direction or yeah. you know they're finally like ending or helping us end this drought i don't think this drought's going anywhere but you know helping us out with the drought
2: you know i think so, it's funny yeah.
1: about
0: asians they'll take the thing that is supposed to be bad luck but if it happens to them it's good luck it's like if bird poops on you it's supposed to be bad luck yeah. but if it happens to them no it's <laughs> actually good luck so for rain normally people don't like rain but you know what for us raining on us recording it's good luck
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's great luck it's absolutely great luck and that's I, I don't know I feel like it's how you want to think about it how you want to twist it into you know I I, like, I definitely am on the I definitely have the tendency to be more on the uh, optimistic side mm. so I like to turn things give things like an optimistic twist.
0: That's actually a perfect considering the topic we're going to talk about today and I need to do a proper intro intro okay Regina <laughs> is not just Christine's bestie also my bestie. She is obviously the co-host of Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Christine. You know, she also has her own brand of clothing with that last. Very awesome that she's been doing that for a while already. You've been running that clothing brand for a minute. It's crazy how fast time flies.
1: I know. I don't know. I feel like this pandemic has just really shifted my perception of time mm-hmm. like I think I think of everything starting in like March 2020 like how long has it been since March 2020 you know um, but yeah it's definitely been a while I mean it's crazy to think that we like Christina and I have been doing have been doing perfectly imperfect since well mm-hmm. we recorded our first episode in like 2016 yeah. November wow. and then we re- re- started releasing in 2017 and then now here we are and then with that last I started it last around may-ish like a little bit after the pandemic started but yeah it's crazy like even when i first started you know at last the intention that i had for it pre-pandemic and then post pandemic it changed a lot but it's been really exciting to watch it grow and yeah i'm just really excited about it
0: i know you started it right at during the pandemic right or in the beginning
1: Mm -hmm. Um, right around may um When I first started at last, it was more so, you know, focusing on women's workwear, helping women feel confident in their bodies, and then the pandemic started, and I feel like this was the first, like, real big event that's happening in the world that I felt like, oh, I am now old enough to help or yeah. want to help, you know? And so, um, yeah, when I first started, I donated a lot of money to COVID first responders, you know, helping them out, especially when everybody was short on PPE and things like that. And so, yeah, it was a great motivator because I feel like I've always wanted to help a community. And so, um, it was just like a good, um, opportunity to do so.
0: Yeah. And I think for, you personally, your journey, at least compared to me, for sure, a fashionista, right? I'm not a—I'm not a person <laughs> that's really good at understanding style, but I, you know, I have an eye for things. I mean, at least I can say, like, that looks good or not. But you've always been a, yeah, a person that... Yeah,
1: that's definitely a fashionista. You've got a little fashionista in you. Uh,
0: probably, probably got it off of you. I hung out with you long, <laughs> long enough to kind of get some of that shine from you. But yeah, you have like, a, <laughs> a, there's like a purpose to you also the brand that you created. Mm-hmm. And I think you having your own journey with your body image and growing into understanding what, as an Asian woman, you want more to see, mm-hmm. see more kind of clothing represent a certain body type or all, all body types. I think that's so important. It really is.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. let's talk about the topic we're going to talk about today. And I brought you along because <laughs> you are like my source for this and it's social <laughs> media I, compared to you i feel like i'm always ages behind i'm like anything that's trending once i hear yeah. it from you in our group chat with christine it's probably already mm-hmm. like Two or three days later, because I'm sure you and Christine are talking about it. But by the time I checked that message, Christine's like, oh, my God, you're already so far behind. We're off to the next thing already. And
1: you mean like couch guy? Yes. Did she explain couch guy to you?
0: Yes. And I watched the video and I was like, why is this a thing? I don't understand. It's so minute. You know, honestly, if I just watched Couch Guy, like without any mm-hmm. reference of why it's blown up, I like, like, oh, was like, oh, I don't know. On. I mean, yeah. just kind of whatever. But then when people broke yeah. it down on TikTok, and I was like, I mm-hmm. guess I can kind of see it now. And that pretty much sums up social media and what social media does to the, my, the most minute things. And they just like dissect oh, the crap sure. out of it. Oh, for sure.
1: And I think that this is like definitely new with TikTok mm. where I feel like there's definitely more of a community feel mm. like mm. the stuff that like everybody's for you page will be catered to them, but then you'll have these like viral sensations mm. that will just surpass all the boundaries of any FYP. And like, if I get it, Christine will get, you know, I think, yeah. okay, that's a bad example. Cause I feel like Christine and I actually have like pretty similar <laughs> FYPs, <laughs> yes. but you get what I mean, right? right? Yeah. Like I think that there are certain things that will just go crazy viral for absolutely no reason. And then before you know it, every single person on TikTok is talking about it. And I think that that's absolutely insane. Like I've never seen something like that happen on any social media platform before, because I think that, you know, with Instagram, for example, or Tumblr, even like if we're going back to early, you know, 2010s, there were things that would go viral, but it's more so within like your niche, like what you're interested in and the people that you follow versus TikTok. It can be so random. Like I don't, I'm not in college, you know, I don't watch relationship videos on TikTok. And yet this is a video or like these videos surrounding this topic. I got fed them for a solid week. And
0: I feel like that's specific to TikTok. Because when you talk about Mm -hmm. Instagram or even Facebook, Snapchat, Not that I'm on Snapchat as much. It, it's less like that. It, it's specific mm-hmm. with TikTok, the when it goes viral, it's... And especially, like, the, so many things go viral.
2: Like, there are yeah. many things that
0: I'm introduced to by you guys that I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. this thing is viral. And then when I start to... It starts to... My algorithm changes because I watched it, and they have, yeah. like, literally other videos going viral for breaking down that viral video
1: yes it's everything so that touches crazy. that initial
0: video goes cr- like blows up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I and mean, has a potential to blow up and it's that like i don't know butterfly effect or something like that it's just like ripples you know and it's it's incredible yeah which is why i can see why tiktok's so addicting especially for creators
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: being a creator you always are kind of searching to connect right and connect on a you know, bigger scale, obviously, right? The more you connect, mm-hmm. the more that you can have your reach, the better. That's the kind of the measure. And with TikTok, it's so random. It feels like the algorithm that mm-hmm. like Instagram, it's it, it's so hard to get a follower. You know?
2: mm-hmm. But
0: with TikTok, mm-hmm. you just never know. And there's that excitement with it.
1: Exactly. And I think that it's that excitement that gets creators excited to create content Mm, again. Because I agree with you. That's what I tell people all the time about TikTok versus Instagram, where I feel like on TikTok, that potential to go viral, like you don't know what will go viral. And sometimes for me too, as a small business owner, I'm trying to promote my brand on there. And sometimes it does really well and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes, you know, a random video I do of folding like a little chopstick stand Mm -hmm. that I'm just like, oh, let me just, you know, do this random video to get it out there. And that ends up doing super well. So it's a very interesting platform. Um, but I can definitely say that it's one of my favorite platforms right now. Like I definitely find myself scrolling on TikTok more than I do on Instagram versus in the past. I was always, Instagram was always my, my number one. Don't ask me about Snapchat. I know nothing about (laughs) Snapchat. You know, like when I was like on Tumblr and you guys were like, what the heck is Tumblr? That's how I feel about Snapchat now. Like, I have one main friend who still uses it. And whenever he sends me something and I, like, open it up, I don't understand the interface. I don't understand how there are, like, short videos now. Like, I think we have a friend who edits some of the series on there. And I was like, they have series? Like... Don't ask me about Snapchat. I know nothing about Snapchat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the good thing is I know nothing about Snapchat too. So <laughs> Okay,
1: perfect. <laughs> then if you're looking for Snapchat info, this is the wrong episode for you.
0: <laughs> so before we get too far ahead of ourselves, when we're talking about social media, that's the we're talking about the, the polarizing effect of it. There's the, mm-hmm. the highs, not even just for a content creator, but the highs of the connection of using it, utilizing it, and feeling something positive about it. But then there's the lows, Mm. you know, the lows of Mm -hmm. that hit your self-esteem. And again, going back to even if you aren't a content creator or you are, but you're on it all the time and Mm -hmm. it does affect your mindset or it has a huge effect on how you view yourself and you view what's being reflected in the app or the the platform. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I do want to start with. For you, the beginning of the introduction to social media. So when you were younger, mm. because now mm-hmm. I mean we've had years now with experience with social media, but it's grown exponentially through the years. I mean I think
2: oh yeah, social
0: media was introduced to us in 2005, and is
2: like yes. 15,
0: 16 years later now, and a lot yeah. has changed. So yeah, going back to you
2: mm-hmm.
0: in the beginning, how did you really absorb social media and use it and view it? Yeah. At a young, like a super young age. Maybe uh, not. I was that actually young. trying I'll, to think. <laughs>
1: I was like, what was my first social media platform? And it was actually MySpace.
2: Yeah, MySpace. Well, does
1: AIM count? AIM is more like online chatting, right? Yeah. Like it's not really like a profile. It's not really social media. I feel like MySpace was where we would all, all of a sudden we were software engineers. We'd like code our own mm-hmm. HTML like mm-hmm. backgrounds. We'd like choose songs. You know, you'd put friends in your top eight and you'd like move people around depending on if oh you're my like- gosh upset at them or not there's a um, generation my of people space? that have
0: no idea what you're talking about right now like, oh my gosh isn't I that
1: know. scary that's that's terrifying because i know i i feel like I, I saw a meme this morning where people are like oh yeah you know when they talk about 30 years ago i always think 1970s but they're actually talking about 1991 and i was like oh my god that's the year i was born <laughs> Um, But anyway, yes. So MySpace was my first um, social media platform. And I think for us back then, because social media was so new, Mm. it was just a way to like keep up with your friends online. Like at the time, you know, AIM was huge. AIM, for those of you who do not know, is AOL Instant (laughs) Messenger.
0: Yes, we have to we have to explain it for sure.
1: I know. My gosh. You have these like really cheesy, you know, screen names. You have like these profiles where you put like, you know, really emo quotes about like whatever you're going through. Um, or like you'll put messages like BRB, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. Um, oh God, it's like so cringe to think about, (laughs) but I was definitely participated in all those things. And my space was mainly just, I don't even remember, like, could you even comment on things? I don't that the way that you could with Facebook, because I just remember, th- I just remember the top friends. I remember like changing your music back, like your background music, changing the colors of it and stuff like that. But I don't really remember. I think you could message people, but I don't remember like posting photos or like commenting on other people. I think you could just message people and then I think or the second social media platform that I got onto was Facebook and for me I think Facebook started in like 2005 but it was mainly for like college kids and I was in high school at that point. I think it was like junior or senior year. My friend was, I didn't have a Facebook and my friend was like oh my god you don't have a Facebook? You're such a loser. So then she created (laughs) me a Facebook which I didn't really use like it existed and I like put photos up Um, but I didn't really I was never a huge Facebook user Mm. Um, I did upload photos and things like that but then after a while I got I got kind of bored of that Uh, so I would say that like my big like platform that I really started using a lot was Instagram oh yeah and then now TikTok Mm. and Twitter you know I got Twitter when they first started but I I was never I, I was never checking Twitter all the time the way that I am with like Instagram and TikTok
2: I
0: think for sure social media, the biggest game changer in that time was Facebook.
1: When did you first get Facebook?
0: I it was post-college for you, right? No, it was during college, but I was always oh, okay. a person. It was like towards the end of college. Um, mm. But I was always a person that wasn't <laughs> like I am now. I wasn't up to date with the most like trending thing. And mm. not that I was trying to, but I think I just didn't want to put my energy into that because I was like, oh, I don't know. Is mm. This is this new thing. Like, I have to do this. I have to sign up for it. I have to create a profile. It's a lot of steps. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, that mm-hmm.
0: When I finally did, yeah, it definitely was like, okay, I can see the, the utility in this. Like, you're literally connecting mm-hmm. with so many people. And you were kind of saying that in the beginning it's, with AIM, it was just chatting with your friends. But then with mm-hmm. Facebook and we're talking about Instagram, you're not just connecting with your friends. You're starting to meet friends of friends. The circle starting to expand. And mm-hmm. with Facebook, I mean, even when I look at my Facebook now, I have friends that, quote unquote, friends. I on don't there. recognize. Yeah, I don't recognize them either. Yeah, I met them. Or in or a lot of ones. girls who. Yeah.
1: Or like a lot of girls who got married. And then I have to like look at them and I'm like, or sometimes (laughs) there will be like a group photo that will come up on my feed and I'm like, which of one of these people do I know? And sometimes I don't know.
0: (laughs) And that's the crazy thing because before with AIM, uh, which is like a dinosaur now. You, yeah. you knew pretty much everybody on your list like you probably talked mm-hmm. to them at some point but with facebook yeah it, and it's also weird to get a message from somebody that you rarely talk to and they just want to connect which is fine that's just kind of what networking right. is and i was like oh shoot yeah i have to remind myself like oh yeah i knew you back in third grade how are you doing <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah when i go through facebook it does feel like like, there are so many people, this sounds bad, but there's so many people that I've forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And then, like, say all of a sudden they're, like, posting about getting married or getting engaged. I'm like, how do I know you again? And then I have to, like, look at our mutual friends and things like that. And I'm like, I, actually, I really do not remember. And I agree with you. Like, I think that Facebook has kind of become... I mean, what you know the word on the street is that <laughs> Facebook has become um, for the older generation. Yeah, yeah. and then millennials are definitely like Instagram. Some of us have migrated onto TikTok, but not all of us. And then Gen Z is definitely TikTok and Snapchat. Mm -hmm.
0: When you were young and you started really using Instagram a lot more, Mm -hmm. when you look at your posts from the beginning to now, how different is it? I think, wait, before you go, I think my first photo on Instagram was like a a picture of a (laughs) Pop-Tart. I'm like crazy now (laughs) thinking about it. I put like the worst filter on it too.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I kind of miss those days of Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I definitely... I definitely had those super badly filtered (laughs) photos of, like, my pencil cup or, like, (laughs) random things. Um, I actually scrolled all the way back through my Instagram at one point, and I was looking at my photos, and I was like, life was so simple then. Oh, yeah. Like, The difference between the way that I approached Instagram in the beginning versus now, like in the beginning, it was really just like, Oh, let me post a photo of my Starbucks drink. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I'm studying right now. Here's a photo of me and my laptop and my notebook. You know, it was really as plain and simple as that before it turned into a business, be yeah. tur- before it turned into this chaotic monster that it is today. Yep. Yeah. Life on Instagram in, you know, what was it? 2007, eight, nine? Yeah. No, that's, wait. I don't
0: know. I don't remember.
1: No, 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 no. Sorry. 20, 2009 to like, I think I started Instagram in like college, but even my later years in college. Mm. And honestly, I'm really grateful for that Mm. because I think that if I were to be in college or be in high school, middle school, looking at the stuff that I do now on, on all these social platforms, like I think that it would not have been great for my mental health. Um, And like, I think that the thing about Instagram was that when it first started, it was like so innocent and like the Mm. people going viral were going viral off of genuine interest in the topics that they were Mm -hmm. posting about, which is very similar with like a lot of social media platforms. I think, you know, YouTube, Mm -hmm. Instagram, whatever. Um, but then now it's just become this like super, super curated Mm -hmm. feed of everybody's life and like highlight reels. And I think that, you know, going from the, let me post anything that I want Mm -hmm. to, Oh, you know, other people are posting these like really nice photos now. Like I should start posting really nice photos. And this was around the time that I was moving to New York. And I do remember like New York kind of being the peak of my, like, okay, I want to like curate things in a more special way and like take nicer photos and, and like just portray uh, everything to be very like nice and perfect. And, you know, I'm guilty of kind of showing that curated lifestyle And then two, when I was living in New York, I was always so excited to go out to eat and hang out with my friends and do all these things. And so I did find myself like always posting. And whether or not it was conscious, I think that it was just always in the back of my mind, it was like, oh my God, I really enjoyed doing these things. Like mm-hmm. I want to post it on social and share it with other people and not necessarily show off, but I was, I was genuinely like excited about these things. Yeah. But then I think so were a lot of other people. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there's nothing wrong with being excited about the things that you're doing and wanting to show that off. But I think after a while, after you see how many people are doing that mm-hmm. and how many people are showing their highlight reels, it gets... Very exhausting.
0: I was gonna say I liken that what you just described to seeing like a young child or young baby when they're naive and they're just mm-hmm. enjoying whatever is in the moment. They're not conscious of, oh, what does this say about me? What does that say about me? They're just free flowing. That's like the beginning mm-hmm. of Instagram when we look back in all our posts. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh no, mm-hmm. we just found this random thing to be interesting we're like oh let me share it with my at that time probably like i don't know 50 60 friends or actually your friends but as you move into like becoming more of an influencer or having that mentality as an influencer and you're seeing how Mm -hmm. other people are that naiveness and that the the cuteness of being unaware goes away because then you start to curate the (laughs) shit out of everything you're just curating everything like well it's gotta look like this it's gotta look perfect Mm -hmm. and i have to look like this
1: like When other people you see the way that other people portray their lives, you're like, oh my God, that's so cute. And the way that she put that word there and the way that she put those gifs and this and that, Mm -hmm. then you start wanting Mm -hmm. to do that. And then I felt myself being more Mm. detached from reality and more attached to the way that my life looked online.
0: Where do you think that shift really happened, though? Like early college, you started using Instagram. Mm -hmm. Do you think it was a couple of years of using it or it happened really quick.
1: For mm-hmm. you? I think for me it was more of a transition and this might have also had like a lot of personal factors that played into it too where I just like moved back to LA I was really having a hard time finding my grounding again and I didn't feel as like excited to post About things. Like, I think that there was a period of time where I was kind of confused what I wanted to do. Versus, like, I think in New York, I was always very sure, like, this is where I wanna be, this is what I wanna do, et cetera, and I just wanna share that. And versus when I came home, I felt less of that. And then I think, too, as I moved home, um, I was older as well. And I think that. I don't know, I, I th- do think that your perspective on things change a lot, especially as you get into your later 20s and early 30s and things like that, mm-hmm. where it just makes you reconsider a lot of things. Like, why am I posting this? Why do I want to share? You know, I think for me, I love sharing my travels because I love talking mm-hmm. to people about it. But then on the day to day, like, you know, what is the type of content that I want to share and that I want to engage With other people about, and you know, occasionally that's like The Bachelor. I love talking about The Bachelor. If any of you guys are listening, you want to talk about The Bachelor, slide in my DMs. I I love having that conversation. So every once in a while, I'll post something about that, or I'll post, you know, some healthy habits that I'm trying to incorporate. But like, I think that as I get older too, I feel less of a need to be as showy or as like, oh my god, look at all the things that I'm doing because. I think I feel more confident in myself and like my Mm -hmm. relationships where I don't feel the need to show it off as much. Mm -hmm. And this has a huge part to do with my friends. Because a lot of my closer group of friends, they're not super active on social in the sense that like, yes, we're on social, you know, sending each other memes and, you know, liking each other's posts and stuff like that. But they're not always posting. They're not always tagging one another. Yeah. Like, I've never had the group of friends who are like, oh my God, it's your birthday. Like, let me do all these like posts yeah. and, you know, show off and how, how great our friendship is and stuff like that. Like that, I think that when I was younger, I was like, oh, it would be nice if I had friends who would do that. Mm -hmm. But I think as I got older too, it's like, no, you know, it's them dropping off a cake at my house or, you know, planning something for me that's offline that I don't even necessarily need to share online. But knowing... That our relationship isn't defined by these social like social media parameters. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the shift that I've started to look at social media um, really in the past year or two. Like I don't I didn't feel the need to be as showy or like, oh my god, look who I'm hanging out with or Mm -hmm. you know, see who I'm getting dinner with. I think for me personally though, I do really like taking photos and just like remembering things. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I will like post about that or like share about like a restaurant that I really like. But I think that in general, I had to learn to really address like, okay, what am I really posting about? What am I really posting for? And then reevaluating things from that perspective. And I think that because of that shift in mindset too, I've been posting a lot less on Mm -hmm. Instagram. Um, You know, I still like pretty pictures, so Mm -hmm. I'll still have random ones posted there. But I think that I don't feel the need to be like, oh my God, I need to post Every single thing that I've done or seen or, you know, et cetera. I think when even you, taking photos, I feel I a lot more awkward about taking those photos now.
0: Yeah, I think when you're conscious about the intention of why you're doing mm-hmm. it, then you act accordingly of how you post. Versus I especially you have worked at Wang Fu and being part of that influencer world, mm-hmm. you know what it is like to be in the industry, entertainment industry especially, where So much is placed on social media and there's like this whole ecosystem in it where people are, as you said, like if it's someone's birthday, almost obligatory have to post because there. It's more than just you and your friend. There are fans Mm -hmm. that are following you Mm -hmm. that you're like, well, I'm not just speaking to my friend. I'm speaking to these fans Mm -hmm. that follow us. Mm -hmm. So when you Mm -hmm. post, it's not just, oh, I just want to show I'm just happy about this thing or this event or this picture. You're talking to an audience or you're, 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 yeah, you're speaking to an audience through a picture or through a video. And that's the part where the intention may go askew, Mm -hmm. especially with popularity and growing up uh, dealing with, you know, being a young woman, popularity is used as a weapon sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, with each other. And when we're talking about like, even when you're young in school and you watch the movie Mean Girls, Mm -hmm. now (laughs) it plays out on social media and you can't turn it off. You don't just go to school and you get bullied. Mm -hmm. Like you go home and... The bullying continues and maybe bully is too strong of a word because not everyone gets bullied, but just being in that state of mind where it doesn't end. You can't take a break, but you're explaining that being older, you you do take that mental space to take a break from that stuff mm-hmm. that you might find like, okay, it's kind of going off now. My intention doesn't align with what I truly want in in the reflection of my social media and that's that's not an easy thing to accomplish it's like a journey (laughs)
1: it's not and you know and and i'm you know i'm not i'm not Mm. perfect i i am guilty of doomsday scrolling (laughs) as they say right where i'm just on tiktok or instagram for hours and you know when i open up instagram and i see you know so and so just added to their stories like i do find myself like oh what are they up to like what are they doing even though I may not even be like really good friends or I haven't talked to them in months. You know, I find myself curious, like, Oh, what are they doing? Like it is an addiction, Mm -hmm. you know, like it is one of those things where you can't really describe it. Like, I think that if you try to logically think through it or like rationalize through it, you're like, okay, yeah. Like I don't need to know what Jack is doing on a 2 PM Mm -hmm. on what, like Monday, right (laughs) this second. But if you see that, if I see that little ring around your your um, face. I'm like, Oh my God, I need to, I, I want to tap yeah, it, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think that it was like that addiction that I realized like would make me feel really bad about myself, especially when I was in that transition where I'm kind of like, ah, oh, you know, I, I feel like, life isn't exactly the way that I envisioned it yeah. would be by now. And, you know, I'm heading into my thirties and now that I'm in my thirties, like, you know, I have, I have a perception of like what my life should be like. And I have a lot of friends who are, you know, fol- following that so-and-so path. And I just see them posting mm-hmm. about engagements and weddings and, ba- you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, Oh, that's what I want. And then somebody else is like, Oh my God, look at this promotion I got. And like, da da da, da or look at how great my small business is doing. You know, there's just so Oh, it's an overwhelming amount of information. And mm-hmm. I say this all the time where I don't think we as humans were meant to comprehend no. this much information all at once. Whether it's personal news, you know, when all the election stuff, when Trump was president, like our brain was not built to process that much information in such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And so I do find myself when I'm like doomsday scrolling and I'm like <laughs> feeling really bad about myself, I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling bad about myself? And then that's when I will unfollow people that's Mm. when i will mute people like i don't think it's worth risking your own mental well-being just to look at another person's pretty picture
0: yeah you know I, i think the distinction as you're you're talking about is you have to look at it reality versus perception nothing mm-hmm. you see there's part reality in it but mostly it's perception because it's all curated even for me mm-hmm. like i curate the content that i put on it is it my mm-hmm. it's part of my life but it's not my everyday life it's a highlight reel and some people mm-hmm. yeah you sometimes you do post content that is not just a highlight reel sometimes it's like being really vulnerable but mm-hmm. in general for the most part it's a highlight reel of your life so when mm-hmm. other people watch a highlight reel of your life of course you're gonna be like whoa your life is amazing but yeah outside of the highlight reel So a lot of stuff happens to a lot of people and it's not all the highlight. And that's the part where if you don't make that distinguishment in your own mind, it's very toxic because you just feel like everyone's doing amazing all the time. And you're like, oh, my life. Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting on the couch looking at someone else's amazing (laughs)
1: life. Yeah, especially like pre-COVID when... I was traveling a lot more, especially like when I first moved back, I w- there were a lot of my friends who were getting married and doing bachelorette trips. And yeah, it was a really grand old time and I was having a blast. But at the same time, I was going through a lot like personally and mentally. And I remember feeling so guilty when I would get dinner with a friend um, who I haven't seen in a while. And they'll be like, oh my God, I see your Instagram all the time. And it looks like you're just having a blast and you're having so much fun. And I felt so guilty because I knew that I wasn't accurately portraying my life mm. and not to say that, you know, everybody needs to be like super open and vulnerable, but I think that there was a bit of like a, like a fakeness to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like trying to kind of puff off my chest and show people like, Oh my God, look me, it's me on a beach in a sunset. You know, it's like, look, it's me doing all these things because I wasn't super happy with the way that I was feeling on the inside. So why not, you know, post these really beautiful photos and get the likes, you know, the validation and yeah, just pretend like everything is okay. But when I would actually sit down with someone and tell them what I'm going through, they're like, oh my gosh, like I had no idea because that's not what is seen on social media.
0: Well, I think I love that. What you just said, I think it's important as you dive into social media, you use it more and more, or you just become more involved in it that you start to realize what you're actually feeling versus what you're posting. Mm -hmm. Because if it's, if it starts to become really misaligned that like the pictures you post or the events or the things that you're depicting is not what you actually feel in the moment, that will cause a big rift in your mindset. And Mm -hmm. I know for you personally, with your friends being such a good anchor for you, talking to them, having that real dialogue with a person that knows you, that understands you, that's a big key to realizing those things for yourself, being aware. And then in, in we'll talk about how to purge or get in a better me- mental state soon
2: is mm-hmm.
0: anchor yourself with real life conversations mm-hmm. that can pull you away from the thing that we get stuck in. It's like, okay, well, I need to post this. I need to show this side of me because the reality is I don't feel that way. But mm-hmm. maybe if I depict that, I'll somehow feel better. But usually it doesn't.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I I know for you, you've always been pretty grounded. I know we all struggle in it, but you've 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 adjusted pretty well. I always feel like you adjust pretty well, unless it, you you hide that away. I don't know. <laughs> I I've never I've never talked to you and you're like, oh, you know what? Uh, social media has been so toxic for me. I think you've always been able to pull back. Um,
2: I
1: definitely have been. I've been trying to limit um, my social media intake. I do set timers on my social media. So like uh, I think on Instagram, it's like if I've scrolled for more than I think it's an hour and a half in a day, I actually want to take it down more because an hour and a half is a lot. But every time I get that notification, it's kind of like a thing, you know, this is how long I've been on it now. And same for TikTok. TikTok, I think I put like a hour timer. And the thing with TikTok is like it's every hour. That you're on TikTok, they will send you a notification versus Instagram. It's like a cumulative, like throughout the day, they'll just not- notify you once. Um, but yeah, like if you think about it, right? If I do an hour on TikTok, an hour and a half of Instagram, that's two and a half hours of my day gone just on social media. And you know, because social media is part of my job, like I do need to stay up to date with the trends and things. You know, I need yeah. to know what's going on with Couch Guy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> is I that, think that's
0: how you explain that's that's, it how, that's actually how I write it? off my taxes
1: as well. <laughs> 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 All
0: right, let's 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 make sure the IRS doesn't. Hear yeah. That.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think. That it's definitely one of those things where I, you know, I sometimes do use the excuse of like, oh, well, I need to, you know, follow trends and da da da. And then I end up scrolling for way longer than I need to. I mean, I think for the most part, I think I'm very aware of how social media makes me feel, but I may not be the best about not going on it. Like, mm-hmm. When I'm traveling, I actually, this is like one of the things that I love about traveling is that I just feel so unattached to my phone. I want to take photos and capture, you know, beautiful moments, but I don't feel the need to constantly be like, oh my God, let me upload this. Let me post this, you know? and. Um, I think too, as I get older, it's not as much of my instinct and I don't know if that's because maybe I feel like Instagram is just so curated now and, you know, hearing all the news coming out about Facebook's real antics, um, Mm -hmm. it makes me kind of have a bad taste in my mouth towards Instagram, but it is still like a platform that I use to keep in contact with a lot of my friends. So It sounds cliche and cheesy, but it is really about balance. And I think that there have definitely been days where I felt really bad bad about myself, and I'm, you know, doomsday scrolling. And then I, I'm just, I just keep doing it. Like I'm, I won't stop. But I'm like doomsday scrolling. I'm feeling really bad about myself, and I'm still scrolling. (laughs) And I think that it takes me a minute to be like, wait why are you why are you doing this to yourself like you need to stop and that's why i will just put my phone in another room i will just leave it if i go downstairs i'll leave my phone upstairs if i'm downstairs i'll leave my phone upstairs where i have that separation because as bad as it sounds if it's within reach from me or within like i what is it hmm. within my peripherals, I say, oh, peripherals yeah, yeah. I will reach for it and I will open up the same apps and scroll even though I just put it down. Yeah.
0: As you said, it's moderation and balance. And Mm -hmm. I think having these conversations is important because the tool of social media isn't necessarily negative, Mm -hmm. but it's what we do with the tool. Yes, It's like with anything that's created, humanity, we tend to, we course correct at some point. Mm -hmm. And it's been years of social media and we're starting to see very clearly from now that we can look at it in a, in a larger scope, mm-hmm. the negative effects of it and the positives. And there's a lot on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. But when we look at the negative, especially on a, just a personal use sense, not so much like, oh, you know what, what is it doing with the politics and stuff like that, you know, echo chambers and all these things. Just from the personal use standpoint, it can be very toxic. But if we find the balance of understanding how toxic it is and understanding, okay, what do I need to moderate myself? What do I need to balance myself? You set the limits on it. You Mm -hmm. can make that decision. Mm -hmm. For you, you're like, okay, let me use TikTok only for an hour, an hour and a half. Because you realize it's easy to get sucked in. I get sucked in TikTok all the time, especially at night. Before I sleep, I'm like, oh, I just want to watch some funny videos. Mm-hmm. Do I sleep like... It's like an hour and a half. Freaking, <laughs> yeah. And it drives me crazy because I wake up early every day for work and I'm like, why did I do that? But if I set a limit, like an alarm or something like that, then I usually don't go beyond that. Yeah. I might watch one or two more videos or something like that, but I'm like, yeah. okay, no, no, I need to go to sleep.
1: Yeah. And it's so easy to watch TikTok. I know. I, I, I like, feel like we've been we've been preaching TikTok. But it's just so easy. This is not a TikTok ad, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> actually, hashtag sponsored. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. yeah, that's right. You actually are partnered with TikTok with a lot of things. <laughs> um,
1: but it's just one of those things where, it, you know, you're with Instagram, right? It's like a post and it's dependent on like how fast you read it or whatever. But say you like scroll on a TikTok and someone's telling a story and they start it off really well and you're like, oh. I'm hooked. I, I do want to know what happens, or you know what this person's going to talk about. So I feel like the time spent on TikTok is—I remember the f- when I first got it, it was unreal, the amount of time that I spent on it. And now I've gotten <laughs> a little bit better, but yeah, I agree with you. I completely, a hundred percent agree that you know it's what we do with the tools that we have that really affects us. And you know, for example, a knife, like a cooking knife, like a cooking knife is meant to cut vegetables, cut meats, you know, cook. But, you know, someone can also turn around and use it to stab someone. (laughs) Oh, God,
0: what a graphic analogy. (laughs) Yeah, social media can be turned around to kill you. (laughs) Kill you slowly from the inside. Like, I
1: think that, you know, I think we've talked about a lot of the Mm -hmm. negatives. There are a lot of goods to social media. I think that without Instagram, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to keep up with a lot of my friends. Like, I think that it's Mm -hmm. so cool that We are able to see, um, you know, where people have been eating and traveling to. And, you know, I think that it's that's that part of it is really fun. But I think that it's like knowing when to take a step back or maybe even just limiting it to the amount of like to the people that you're like, oh, I really this is, you know, top, I don't know, 10 friends or whatever. And like keeping tabs on them, like you don't have, you know, 500 friends that you really need to keep tabs on like every single day. And I think that. There is too like a want and a need to be just like so connected to people these days. Mm -hmm. Like I think back to, um, so when I I recently came back from Seattle last week and we met up with one of my mom's friends from medical school's son Mm -hmm. and my mom was like telling him about how we, she completely lost contact with his mom for like a good, you know, 20 some years. And they finally reconnected. And like, wow. do you think in those 20 years, she was constantly like, oh my God, I wonder what she's doing right now. I wonder what she's eating right now. I wonder which restaurant <laughs> she's at. You know, like, no, that's completely absurd. Like that is uh, an obsession that we have developed in our generation. But like for them, they lost contact for, you know, those 20 years, but then they found each other on WeChat and now they're talking every single day. And, you know, we all, if you're, if you have like Chinese parents, I think mainly Chinese people use WeChat. Um, um, but, yes. you you know, and, like, for Taiwanese people, it's Line. For Koreans, it's Kakao. Mm-hmm. We all know, like, our parents' addiction to those apps. Oh and, like, th- their need to connect. I don't know. Maybe they're make, trying to make up for lost time or whatever. But, like, it's unreal. My dad is in some groups that are, have, like, 200 people in the group chat. And I was like, my maximum is four. Anything more than four, I'm like, I need to mute this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there some kind of universal irony how our parents... Gave us so much crap when we were on <laughs> social media, and now we are starting to see them basically turn into a childlike form of us being younger yeah. using social media, and they're so into it. They're, all, I tell, I point this to my mom every time that we'll be eating lunch and she'll be on her phone. I'm, you used to give me crap about that all the time, mom, mm-hmm. and you're on your phone while we're having lunch. It's, it's, it's actually just kind of funny. <laughs> I don't really take offense to it, but it's just funny to see them make that turn, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, And and, and that just goes to show you how addicting social media is, right? When they were criticizing us for it and now they can't get off of it. And um, even my mom, like I think she's guilty of scrolling on TikTok all the time and like talking to her friends on WhatsApp and WeChat and things like that. And so we've talked about the bad now, the good of like connecting people. Mm -hmm. But again, like, do you need to stay that connected to people?
0: Mm -hmm. That in itself is an addiction, right? Exactly.
1: Like, Like, was it earlier this month when um, Instagram like had its... It's breakdown and nobody mm-hmm. could get on the platform for a solid like oh, yeah.
0: people were losing their minds.
1: People were losing their minds. But for me it was actually like nice. I was like, Oh, yeah. this is great that whenever I open open up Instagram, like there isn't something new that will capture my attention. It was just the same photo that was like stuck there. And I'm like, Okay, great. Like I, I don't have to scroll because it's not working. You know, like
0: there it was, was like a, memes I like, or, or like things that people were saying, like, oh wow, like when Instagram was down or Facebook was down, actually talk to my family. My family is kind of nice. Or, whoa, there's actually, it's actually a sunny
2: day today.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, there can be so many more productive things that we can be doing with our time. And every moment that we have in our lives, it will never come again, right? Like this moment that you and yeah. I are sitting here recording this podcast, we will never get these minutes back. And mm-hmm. Can you and then now think about like how much of that time we just spend on social media? It's a shame. It's an absolute waste. And I I am a hundred percent guilty of this. I'm not like crit, trying to you know criticize or attack you or anybody, but it is such a waste of time when you're on it for hours. Like I'm not saying, you know, Oh, checking up on your friends or setting, you know, a few things here and there is bad, but do you really need to be on it for, you know, three, four hours? No, the answer will always be no. And so I am personally learning to better set those boundaries Honestly, this conversation is making me want to like change the, my time limit on all, on all of my social media mm-hmm. platforms to like lower it because I know that I already spend way too much time um, on those platforms. But yeah, I think that it like social media can be a great thing. It's a great way to stay informed with the news. It's a great way to keep up with your friends. But like again, you don't need to know every single detail about their trip to wherever or you know what they're eating. Like you can ask them about it next time you see them in person.
0: Yeah, I think that's the difference between feeling like you're connected, but and but actually being connected. Mm-hmm. When you're on social media, it feels like you're connected to your friends, to even acquaintances that might become friends. Mm-hmm. But the reality is you're actually not truly connected. You're just watching, you're, you're getting a, a storybook of what's happening in their lives, but there's no real conversation you're having with these people
1: Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of like oh my god that looks cool or wow that looks fun you know
0: but it's different like when i when i see your seattle trip versus talking to you about your seattle trip it's so different because whatever i saw in the picture it came to life through your description of it you Mm -hmm, know outside mm -hmm. of your your, obviously your caption Mm -hmm. and it's very different talking to you and you bringing life to your trip Mm -hmm. and not having that or, or or ignoring that because you're like oh you know i already saw it yeah it kind of takes away the soul of you know feeling connected to people in your life
1: exactly exactly and there are a lot of ways that i think that technology is great for the human race and i think that there are a lot of ways that it is detrimental and i think that there are so many things that That social media and just technology in general has made our lives easier, but mm-hmm. I think it does take away from that humanness. And I think that especially during this pandemic, where we did need to build systems around, you know, not being able to see each other in person. Um, but at the end of the day, like we as humans crave that like intimacy and that connection. Like that's what yeah. gives us purpose in life. You know, without that connection, we're just dust floating around
0: (laughs) and so it's just like our dating episode when you were describing online dating mm
1: -hmm.
0: and and feeling like everything everyone seems disposable it feels like Mm -hmm. that on social media it's the same thing yeah
1: right like i can unfollow and follow people so easily and i could that's just adding them in and out of my life Mm
0: -hmm. and it seeps into your mindset and that's the part where it's it's not easy to clean out that mindset or or shift it Mm -hmm. um but I, i will say this one of the positives of social media, and I know you are in it the most, is helping your business grow. Mm, because mm-hmm. with, now you can actually control a media platform in your messaging of your brand versus before when their social media wasn't as prevalent. You would mm-hmm. have to like buy ads on like a TV station or some like in a newspaper mm-hmm. or, or find some way. But now you can actually do it all on your own and you have control over it. And being a business owner, that I'm sure that's a huge positive. Although there could be a trap in it because it's 24 seven, you're trying to grow your business and you're thinking nonstop about how do I curate, how do I reflect my brand correctly and mm-hmm. properly, mm-hmm. but that in itself, I'm sure is a, is a rabbit hole. How do you <laughs> find the balance
1: in that? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, I've talked to a lot of my other friends who are also small business owners, and we talk about like the the good and the bad of being able to control the brand messaging. I mean, it's great because we're able to connect with our customers in a way that has never been experienced before in direct-to-consumer marketing, but it is very nerve-wracking because then you you have all the control, right? Um, again, with what we were talking about earlier, like I do find it very difficult to grow my business on Instagram in comparison to TikTok. Um, I feel like TikTok is much more forgiving. It praises, it like likes content that isn't super curated. Like I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we've all seen the video of people in bed or just, super disheveled and they're telling just a great story and like something like that can go Mm -hmm. viral versus Instagram there are so many perfectly curated photos that if your lighting isn't just right or you know your hair isn't just right this isn't just perfect people are just going to scroll past it really easily and so I think that there is this element to TikTok where there's more of a realness behind it and Mm -hmm. I have found that it's been easier to connect with my audience on there just because I think that people resonate with the brand messaging when I'm like speaking about it versus on Instagram, you know, you're always trying to think of those like really catchy phrases, those really quick, like punny kind of uh, moments that I think that they're, you know, we, we have friends who do those really well and they do really well on Instagram, but I'm not that type of person. I feel like I like telling the story behind the brand more, you know, like, I mean, that's probably why I have a podcast with Christine. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think that I find it easier to connect with um, the audience on TikTok because I feel like they're much more forgiving. They're much more also willing to accept um, small businesses and they are more much more willing to um, support small businesses. I think that they have definitely a different mindset. I think that it's led by the Gen Z mindset. But I do really love the community and the platform. And that's not to say that, you know, there isn't criticism or people who will, you know, try to bring you down. But I do think that the Potential and the ability to go viral and to reach new audiences, especially coming from working at Wang Fu, having Perfectly Imperfect. Like, we have a very Asian based community. And yes. when I first started off the business, there were a lot of Asian last names in my, you know, order sheets. But now I'm getting a lot of other oh. ethnicities, which is amazing. And I think that, like, that's what I've always wanted to diversify with cultures and ethnicities and body types and looks and skin color, you know, all of that and i think that it's just been so amazing to have been able to do that through tiktok
0: yeah i definitely feel that way towards tiktok where the people you reach the algorithm it's curated in a sense or or made in the sense that yeah all types of people can find your videos Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's for you page or um somehow some other way because I'm not, not that I'm an influencer on t- a TikTok, but even the very little following that I have, it's random. It's not like all Asians, but on Instagram or like some of these other... Because you, when you start create content, you develop a niche audience, which is good because people resonate with the way that you look, the things that you're talking about, mm-hmm. which they share similar experiences. But with TikTok, it is much more broad, I feel, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And there's something refreshing about that, mm-hmm. especially where you're used to just connecting with people that might share your experience or look like you yeah so having that kind of broadness is is different but, yeah but that's also the power of social media where you're at the will of the creation of how it's managed and how it's going to shift
2: mm-hmm. and, and the, the algorithm important part, it's the, yeah, algorithm.
0: the algorithm and the important part is not to attach yourself to it's completely because you are your your own person outside of whoever follows you whatever brand that you have Mm -hmm. you know it might be a reflection of who you are but if you attach yourself to a following you attach yourself to what you've created Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. a curation then it becomes very toxic because you can lose yourself very quickly again if Snapchat falls down in terms of you know, they didn't manage their business right, or Instagram, or you lose your following right away, that Mm -hmm. can be very devastating, especially if you have a business or something like that. So if you anchor yourself, if you really remind yourself that I'm just trying to create a product that helps people, and of course, I want to make a living out of it, and detach yourself, not, you don't have to detach yourself completely, but enough for you to realize, okay, that's a tool for me to use to send out a message or send out a product that I feel I like can help other people.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, that's all those little nuances. Only It takes a lot of time to figure out for yourself as a personal journey to how you want to manage like social media and how you want to use it, especially for you being a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> like you have the personal side and then the business side and yeah, it's, ah.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. And I, I could not agree more about just being able to separate that persona from like who you actually are Mm -hmm. and this is when like good friends good conversations will kind of help keep you grounded through all of it but yeah I definitely think that you know you're not defined by the amount of likes that your photo gets, the amount yes, of followers yeah. that you have. And you know, if your brand does really well one day and really not and like not great the next day, like that has nothing to do with you and I think that I'm still on the personal journey of trying to figure out what that means for me and you know, obviously I want my business to do well and to grow, but I think that I need to also like separate it as like okay, there is the at last regina but then there's also mm-hmm. the And then there's also the personal Instagrams, Regina. Mm -hmm. And then there's also me. And like, who are those three different people? Those are three different people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever I show on Instagram doesn't mean that it's not necessarily me, but it's a side of me. And so I think that for me, Mm -hmm. while I do love taking pretty pictures and curating these, like those type of content, I also want to find a greater purpose of what kind of content that I want to create. And I think that's why I've always loved the podcast. I don't feel yeah. as much of a need to be so like pristine and perfect and just... Mm-hmm completely put together like it's just a a flow of like what my like thought process is Um, versus even with TikTok like and Instagram with my captions you know I'm editing it and editing it and editing it and with TikTok I'm yeah exactly and so I think that that's what I love about podcasts in general and like love about what you're doing too with your own podcast of just like being so raw like there's no way that you can be specifically curated for an hour which we have been talking for
0: you know? I know time flies um, every time i talk to you time flies it's just a thing on social media <laughs> exactly. you are my social media oh I my know, god Regina. I'm, I'm, I'm my mind addiction. is blown <laughs> Oh no, I need to limit my my exposure to you.
1: (laughs) You like set a time limit.
0: (laughs) Okay, sorry, Regina. Oh, your time's up. We got to go. Conversation over. Even though you're being super like invulnerable. (laughs) No, I'm done. (laughs) I need to step away.
2: But But I I love what you said, though,
0: because I think in a podcast, and I know there are obviously podcasts that curate themselves a lot, but when you're just having a conversation, it's very hard. Especially if it's if it's about vulnerability or about topics that touch on these open subjects, mm-hmm. that you're you're less able to cure yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, on some level we are always trying to reflect something, um, send out something, but it's it's far less. So it feels more organic. And you mentioned this earlier. I think the trend, even with TikTok, is having something less polished. The people are connecting to that more now. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's also course correction of how Social media has been evolving because things got super curated at a point. Mm -hmm. Then people now are, you know, the new generation is starting to fight against that because they're like, you know what, we want something more raw. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's just the ebbs and flows.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's like funny, right? Because we've seen the evolution of like, oh, nobody really cares about what they're posting to, oh my God, it needs to be the most curated, (laughs) beautiful photo I've ever seen in my entire Mm -hmm. life to now being like, I actually really love like the photo dumps that people have been doing where they like Mm. post like a carousel of photos because it'll be like, I don't know, a photo of people's shoes and it's like an inside (laughs) joke to them and their friends and they'll post it and it makes no sense to us, but it's just raw. Mm. Like it doesn't feel so in our face, like, Oh my God, look at how happy I am. Look at how great my life is, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, I do think that, It's been interesting to watch the evolution of social media. I do think that there is good to it. I think that there is a lot of bad to it. And at the end of the day, I think it's just up to us to really take control of how much time we spend on it, how we let it affect us day to day. Mm -hmm. And I think that social media can be really great if we allow it to be in our lives and not let it just take over and doomsday scroll for hours and hours.
0: Yeah, I think you summed it up really well to, to end this episode it's important to make all those distinguishments to yourself and really find the right balance mm-hmm. and that's a work in progress I don't I don't think you should be too, too hard on yourself along the journey as we were saying social media was created in 2005-2006 mm-hmm. and it's been 16 years and we've all had a really personal journey let alone people who are younger than us mm-hmm. who are just embarking on that journey to listen to a conversation that we're having mm-hmm. that's something that other people can take in to learn like I would want to know what uh what the younger generation thinks about social media and how they're using it because it might give me tools
1: especially yeah. since they started it at such a young age oh man you know I remember when I was in New York and there are these like middle schoolers on the train and they were just mm-hmm. looking through snapchat and I remember them talking I think no I worked with elementary school kids and they mm-hmm. were talking about Snapchat streaks and like we put them on like a what? digital detox and for i think it was just a week and some of them were freaking out and so many of them broke it because they couldn't stand it they're like i need to get on social media and some of them were like oh okay well if i can't use it mom can you like keep up my Snapchat streaks for i didn't even know what streaks were but apparently it's when you snap each other every single day for like x amount of days and this kid oh had like gosh. I don't know, like very, very long (laughs) streaks with their friends and they didn't want to break it just for this. And so they were like telling their friends to log on to their Snapchat and they're like, oh, just send like any random photo for me just so that I can like upkeep this. And it was just crazy to see. Because I'm pretty sure in middle school, like, MySpace for me was already a lot. (laughs) Mm, Like, I can't mm. imagine anything more than that platform. But to be able to have different likes than your friends, different comments than your friends,
0: you know, oh, oh,
1: my gosh. Uh, Middle school was already a nightmare. Add numbers to that, I don't think I could handle it. Oh, my
0: gosh. I I can't imagine in middle school if I was on social media. uh, It's scary to think. How that would have affected my mind yeah more importantly is like that streak thing that you were talking Mm -hmm. about uh, snapchat kind of logs in how many days that you've been on and then we Mm -hmm. take it to the extreme like oh you know we need to get to a certain number Mm -hmm. that's the very thing where we have to understand that the social media platform the companies that create these things they their purpose is to have you on it as long as possible Mm -hmm. So it's up to us to find the balance. Like we can't rely on them because it's a business. They're running a business for profit. So the longer you're on it, the more they can sell ads. The longer you're on it, the more that they can generate money to keep their company going, which is not a bad thing, but knowing that we have to understand how to use it for ourselves and not completely just go willy nilly into what they're trying to create as, again, a dopamine hit where I'm I'm, I'm so addicted. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the very thing why at the end of this conversation, I really want to articulate is that these apps, as you've probably seen in the news, you know, they definitely sometimes ignore certain elements, certain toxic elements, certain negative elements, because it doesn't help their bottom line. Mm-hmm. And, we need to be aware of that. And as long as we're aware of that, we can make our own
1: choices mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. They definitely do not have our best intentions at heart. And, no. you know, yes, no. Facebook started out as like a, hey, let's connect and, you know, stay connected. Mm-hmm. But it has definitely turned into a monster of just mis- misinformation, anger, et cetera. And, yeah, we really it really is just about taking control of our own lives. So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Regina, for joining me. We hit our hour. I need to log off now Off my (laughs) Regina app. (laughs) It's too addicting. It's way too addicting. (laughs) And your voice ended up being perfect. You didn't really... uh I didn't hear Oh, any, you know, thanks.
1: I, I think course. that I, I got rid of it after uh, drinking a ton of water. But thank you so much for having me on. This was such a good conversation. And I feel like it really helped me reevaluate too. Like, okay, these are the steps that I can take to, you know, also do better and not just scroll and. I mean, honestly, like imagine the amount of like books or information, like useful information we could have read in the time (laughs) that we like spent (laughs)
0: scrolling. So
1: this is definitely a good like eye-opening conversation for me as well.
0: Yeah. Well, can you help share you know how to find you in your socials for your business oh
1: yes of course um on social i am at regina.fang on instagram and tiktok and my company at last is at where at last w-e-a-r at last um on instagram
0: and again, we talked about social media today. That's just a form to connect. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like kind of weird that we talked about this. It's like, okay, how do you find me?
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's still on genuine. Social, it's all genuine. I am okay, still guys? on social. It's very
0: genuine. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'll link all those socials and you can follow right in the fields uh, in the links below also. Again, thank you so much, Regina. Thank you for
1: having me. You know how much
0: I care for you. Me too. This is amazing. Oh, it always I'm feels so me so at the
1: end, but it makes me so happy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm just a waiting for the other invite when you guys uh, start back perfectly. Oh perfect. yes, I'm just oh yes. Putting it out there. Now that I have a podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah,
1: I'm definitely. I'm in the club
0: officially. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I hope this episode Zone finds you well, and we'll talk next week. Bye. Bye.